Hey everyone, JB here with the Soccer Dad Pod. This break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity. Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors. Really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Keeping it and going it for you, Bill. the large, but you don't really care for music, do, do you? There we go. You know this one, Jared? I don't. You do, too. Hallelujah. You're going to know it in a second. Yeah. Well, I know it. <laughs> now, in fairness, though, this one I will. This, this one I will definitely say that this version. Oh, yeah. The Jeff Buckley version. The Jeff Buckley version of the Leonard Cohen, which is original. the most popular. It is yes remake of Cohen's original. Yes, but it, it, Jeff, any of you guys, you guys, uh, a Voice or American Idol yeah. fan? Yeah, yeah, you all yeah. watch those shows, right? I got kicked off first audition. <laughs> no. <laughs> What'd you do? You sing "Big Balls" by ACDC? Uh, she bang, she bang. <laughs> oh my god. No, this this one though this this version though I love those shows because I used to love those shows I don't watch them anymore but every single season you know you pick your horse yeah because I wasn't in it for the for the singers nah I would never listen to them on the radio or buy their CD or whatever uh, but inevitably one or two of them would always try this song you know what I'm saying and it's yep. like you're just sitting there waiting for the train wreck and I think. <laughs> Well, this or Bohemian Rhapsody or uh, uh, yeah. uh, 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 here we go, here we go. But the reason you know why this is the popular one, right? Because it's the best one. No. Uh, well, enlighten me, Mober. It's the sad story of Jeff Buckley. Nah, I don't know. If Jeff Buckley was still alive today, he'd be fifty-four, fifty-five. This version would still be. I mean, listen. It's good. I, I'm not How taking away. How young was he when he passed away? Sir? I don't know what his age was, but he died in that like twenty, early, you know, mid twenty range, I believe. Oh, another Van Morrison <laughs> of what? Yeah. yeah. He tried to swim across the Mississippi in, in Memphis. Uh, let's see here. He made uh, November seventeen sixty six. Passed away May twenty ninth nineteen ninety seven. Because he tried to swim across the Mississippi in Memphis. There, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, that's kind of like he wanted to be in the 27 club and was like three years late. He was two, years yeah, late. he's 31. All right. Now that we've completely went off the rails here. <laughs> no, but I'm going to throw, throw this out there and you got to have to find it. In my opinion, the best version of Hallelujah is, is Jeff Buckley. No. Okay. Uh, 2005, I believe. Or no, maybe a little bit later. There was a Haiti relief concert and all the artists would come out and do a live show. Mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson? Justin Timberlake did a version of this song and it is in my opinion the best of all the Hallelujah versions I've ever heard. Maybe them and Pentatonix but you know my boy band background so you gotta take that with a grain of salt. Now, well, That being said though, listen to it and you tell me what you think. Now wait a minute. 
Is the guest allowed to comment on this? Absolutely. Are you Please do. Justin Timberlake in the same <laughs> sentence with Leonard Cohen? No, 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 no. Of the remakes. I love JT on Saturday Night Live. I love him in any skit with Peyton Manning. But I'm not going to put him on a, uh, in a death match against Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. He loses all day, every day. Mm, you got to listen to it. Okay, I'll listen to it, and then I'll text you and say wrong. And when you and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this: (laughs) without Justin Timberlake, Chris Stapleton is not where he is in the pop world. Oh my God! And you know, man of the woods. I wanted to comment when you talked about uh, Wainwright doing the national anthem. If Kiefer Sutherland and Kevin Costner can have a band, yes, Adam Wainwright can sing the national anthem. Well, so of course, Wayno the last few years has really been digging into his guitar, and um, I, I I know the studio locally here in town that that's actually been recording his oh. album. Like he's taking this very very seriously. Whoa! Um, so he is an up and coming. Uh, he's worked there. He's working in Nashville. Um, yeah. Did you get no. me in? in? Huh? Could you get me in? What do you want to be it? the doo wop girl? You're going to be the shaker. <laughs> Uh, boy band, yeah, boy okay. band. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you a question though, because I listen to other podcasts. I know, don't don't yell at me, cheater. But one of the most recent episodes I listened to of a, a podcast called Smartless had Al Michaels on. Okay, and Al Michaels to me is the epitome of broadcasters of of my generation, our generation. He did everything from the Miracle Game, Miracle on Ice, to Super Bowls, to mm-hmm. baseball, to everything. He said something, and I want to get your, your thoughts on this because it's related to soccer. Okay. When he was doing baseball and even football, he really said, I let the game play out, and I just said what was going on. I, I wasn't trying to do a bunch of filler. I wasn't trying to do a bunch of explanation. You know, no John Madden stuff, <laughs> which was his color commentator partner. With soccer, it's a little different, I think. And here's my theory. And you can shoot this down with all kinds of ammo. Most Americans who are listening to your broadcast or watching your broadcast still need a little help on the rules of the game, on what's actually going on, why that's a good play. I, I, and so I'd love to hear I your totally thoughts. I totally concur with that. Now, the way I would fashion it during the flow of a game is if my producer said in my ear, Bill, why was he offside? I would not go through the entire. What I would say is, and uh, McBride. In so the, your wife, or my wife, is your producer. Why was he offsides? <laughs> Kelly's I, everywhere. I would say McBride in behind the last defender without the ball when it was struck is whistled up offside. End of conversation. Yeah. And then let's get on with it. But I don't know if Al said this as well, but he is at, being a television announcer is a dramatic very, very difference between a radio. You let it breathe. Yeah, that's what he said. We have a screen here that people can watch, and the analyst does not have to get into every extreme detail of why Edward Leuven received the ball with the outside of his <laughs> left so he could transfer it across his body to play the right winger overlapping out of the bat. We don't need all <laughs> Describe. Wait, his left foot, is that really his left foot? I thought that was his right. I'm all backwards. <laughs> I, no, I, I appreciate that because I think that's something that, you know, this is new for St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, it's funny so, that he brings up uh, you bring up Al Michaels. So Al Michaels, the Vin Scullys, the Jack Bucks. For me, uh, Bill, you know, being a soccer guy, living in this city for fifty years, um, you 
um, you know, soccer made in Germany. You, you, most people that are real soccer guys in here can close their eyes, listen to you speak, whether it's on TV or on radio, and just become at home because of your voice. Like your voice is, um, uh, is, is what soccer is to me growing up. You know, I'm 43 years old. So anything that I've seen on TV, especially in St. Louis, has been you speaking. So that's a real credit to you. And I want to congratulate you and your long career because you, for me, in the game of soccer, are in the same mold of Al and and, and Jack. No, and, whoa, whoa, and, and that's whoa, phenomenal. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, first of all, thank you for the compliment. But please don't put me in the same sentence as Al Michaels and Jack Buck. Now, well, if you've heard me do a banquet, you've heard Jack Buck. Because I've <laughs> stolen everything. Everything from Jack. Yeah. But but have have either of you two uh, ever heard Zach do trivia night? Oh boy! Oh no! <laughs> I have to have him repeat questions four, seven, nine, and one. Yes, but he's got the enunciation right. He does have that right. No, but I speaking think, of enunciation, but, real quick, yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Let's do let's. I really want to get into city. Without yeah, that's where I was going. Okay, perfect. You know what? Then I'll do. I'm going to take a drink. You finish what you were about to say. No, I just, I, I think what Jared was saying is bridging that cultural change, which you mentioned earlier. The MLS is bringing soccer into yeah. the homes of way more people than I think they even expected in 1995, 1996. Oh, w- without any question whatsoever, Zach. But I think a big part of it is folks like you. I, and I'm not trying to, blow, you know, toot your horn or blow smoke or whatever you want to say. I, I think it's because we do think, when we think about baseball, we think about KMOX growing up, Jack Buck and, and others in our heads forever. Yeah, I, was, I literally just was talking to a friend this morning. <clears throat> it, baseball, KMOX, and those voices was like a, 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 an audio Norman Rockwell moment yes. at all time. It always felt like that. Because, due in large part, not just to Jack but their entire sports department and their entire on-air talent, starting with Jack Carney. True, yep. Bob uh, Bob Hardy, Jim White, John McCormick, the man who walks and talks at midnight. But then get into their sports department. Jack, Bob Costas, yep. Ann Deardorff, Bill Wilkerson, Dan Kelly, Gary Bender, Unheard of for and the guys that are there now, like Tom Ackerman. Tom's you know. magnificent. He's a sports director now. Magnificent. And Steve Moore. We're doing a post game show at the pitch from ten till midnight because Steve Moore wants more soccer on KMOX and the Odyssey broadcast group, and that's why the Odyssey has picked up every game. So it it's just another example of yes. MLS driving this, yes. But unfortunately, Zach, a lot of people, a lot of fans in the United States think that soccer got started in the United States in 1996 because of the World <laughs> Cup. True. Now, MLS it was born in 1996 because of the World Cup in right. 1994. True. Truth be told, the Good NASL market. and MLS were direct derivatives of the 1966 World Cup in England and the 1994 World Cup in the United States when the World Cup was in two English-speaking countries. Mm-hmm. It got to the masses a little bit quicker. So that's what... And the naysayers were plentiful when so, the World Cup came oh, to the United yeah. States in 94. You can't award 
a World Cup to a country that doesn't have a league. They contribute nothing to the overall international game. It turns out to be the most successful World Cup in the history of the events. 68,991 people as an average. Now, the stadiums were enormous. Giant Stadium, the Rose Bowl. Okay, we get that. But nonetheless, there were 68,000. But they were still filled. They were filled and the tele- to capacity. And the ratings were off the charts. Off charts. I, I, I was lucky enough. Uh, my dad surprised me with tickets in 94. We took the we took the trip down to Dallas. Did you, did you see Holland and uh, Brazil? Better. I saw West, uh, West Germany versus South Korea, the ooh. 3-2 game. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It was insane. insane. It was 109 degrees <laughs> and literally like 100,000 people in the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, that was the 3-2 game with Klinsman on the field. Games and were never comfortable at the Rose No, they Bowl. weren't. No, oh, they weren't. My, excuse me, the Cotton Bowl. June 17th, 1994. Remember that date? It's a date the World Cup started in the United States it, in Det- 1994. It was uh, Detroit, wasn't it? It was in Chicago. United, uh, excuse me, Germany against Bolivia. Yeah. Okay. Remember, Marco Echeverri comes on for about a minute, yes. 10 seconds, and he's sent off. Yeah. The only reason to bring up that date, June 17th, 94, is that we finally think, anybody who's ever followed it, played, watched, coached, announced, this says it. This is going to be on the front page of every newspaper in the United <laughs> States. Not the front page of the sports. The front page of the New York Times, the L.A. Times. However, there's a car chase in California on June 17th, 1994. Yeah. Big, big old uh, white Al Bronco. Collins in a white Ford. <laughs> yep. Big old white Bronco. So we all figured, can we not get any break on this no. sport? Is it, is, not to mention John the, Starks is playing is, in Madison Square Garden. Isn't, but isn't that just the epitome of uh, uh, American nationalism? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, where you, you get to literally the global stage with that particular event, and here comes OJ down the 405. The 405. <laughs> Let me ask you this. With no traffic at the time, which is unusual. Yeah, no, I, that's what blew my mind. I'm like, where's the traffic? <laughs> you mentioned Steve Moore. You mentioned the pitch, which I'll talk about the pitch for a second because your picture is at the pitch. Oh, the 67 and 69 team. Charm, nice looking fella, huh? Yeah. So Not exactly Warren Beatty and Evan can wait. For those listeners out there, the pitch is the newest soccer bar in St. Louis, and I use that term uh, modestly. It's very nice. Yes, it Well-appointed. Yes. Great venue. Comfortable. Very comfortable. Uh, directly across from the stadium in Union Station. In there, they have a, a couple different shrines mm-hmm. to St. Louis soccer. One of them is to St. Louis University. Our own here, man, Bill McDermott. Men and women. Yes, men and yeah. women. Uh, the, all the championship teams' pictures are are on the wall, and so you can you can walk down there and, and see Bill uh, when you come to the game on Saturday. <clears throat> but you mentioned the broadcast side of things. Steve Moore, we've met with Steve. Uh, very excited about what Odyssey's trying to bring. Soccer is for Saturday, or Saturdays for soccer. Have you met with Joey and and Shilly? Uh, Dale's a very good friend of mine. Uh, Joey, I know Joey because, an answer, I'm sorry, an answer to your question. Don't evade the question, Bill. I met him for the first time, the first game okay. that were on the show. But I coached his sister, Mia, on a Scott Gallagher team. All right. And Mrs. Zanaboni, I did some work. She's the director of development for Rockhurst. I did some work for her. I emceed. I hosted a couple things. And she asked me if I would give a tape of Joey doing a baseball game to Costas. I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be glad to. 
I didn't listen to it. I didn't know Joey had these bits going. <laughs> oh, he's the character. Yeah. He, he's entertaining for sure, and I think that he's excited. Yes, very. he does. He's excited. Well, let's let's talk about the team. Yes, um, <clears throat> we have. Uh, I think we, you in particular here, you've done a brilliant job of kind of setting the table over the past 40, 50 years, literally, and now here we are in twenty twenty three. Uh, the culmination of St. Louis's long overdue wait <laughs> for its own team. Uh, let's let's go to the first inning of this. Speak to the ownership group when we were awarded the team, and kind of your the momentum that was occurring mentally, emotionally for you, knowing it's time with this with this group of owners with this location. You know what was going through your mind, and like you know, well, I'll let tell us you, know where that fu- where you fell. I'll, I'll give you a firsthand revelation of that, JB, because after the first attempt at it, when Jim Cavanaugh was going to do something with MLS for MLS to get an MLS team after the uh, acceptance of St. Louis FC, the games at the soccer park were fabulous. By the oh, way, so much fun, great enjoyment, tremendous entertainment, and some pretty good quality soccer. Okay, oh, yeah. no, it wasn't La Liga, it wasn't English Premier League. We never said it was going to be. But it was entertaining. It was good quality stuff. So Jim, uh, with some out-of-town partners, is going to try to get an MLS team here. And that's when the attempt to bring MLS here went before a vote in the city of St. Louis. Everybody said, all the people who were involved in it, you get 20,000 votes, it's a given. Well, they get 23,000 votes. Unfortunately, the opposition got 31,000 votes. And Jim, that night said to the assembled people who came down to hear the end result of the vote at the hotel at Union Station, I'm sorry to tell you, but we do not have a plan B. So I confronted Jim afterwards. I said, come on, Jim, you certainly do. So I'm telling you, we do not have a plan B. Consequently, MLS was dead at that particular moment. And I thought, oh. What year was that? Uh, that was 2016. Uh, 17, 2016, 17. Yeah. Okay, okay. We're upon which, now, uh, I'm not going to go through this entire story because it's way too long for your podcast, but nonetheless, the Taylor family expressed some interest in getting involved in soccer, and they get in touch with Jim about possibly having a lunch together to, uh, we'd like to revisit this uh, soccer thing. Jim said, that'll be fine, we'll do that. So the Kavanaugh family, uh, well, Jim meets with the uh, Taylor family and some representatives from the Taylor family, and Jim gives them all the hard, hard facts numbers in particular expansion fee stadium you have to have a soccer specific stadium and by the way as opposed to years past it's mandatory that it now be in downtown downtown yep. in your downtown area at a downtown centralized location okay the taylor say well, we'll we'll entertain it sure enough they get back to gyms let's go for it long story short the original press conference was in 2018 yep at the uh, Matthews Dickey's Boys Club, which, may I add, was a perfect venue for it because that's where we grew up playing for St. Fulton at Penrose Park, mm-hmm. the original soccer mecca in our city, contrary to what all my friends say to me. <laughs> Nonetheless, fast forward again. Two years later, this whole thing is accomplished. St. Louis gets awarded down at the Palladium. Don Garber's in town. St. Louis gets awarded the 28th team. Now, fortunately for St. Louis, they get granted an extra year because of the pandemic, COVID, yeah. which turned out to be golden 
for St. Louis, not just in the fact that they were to assemble players and bring them in in May, June, July of last year to play with City 2, and at that particular time, there was no MLS team these players would go up to on a certain weekend. They stayed together for the entire year and got into the final for MLS Next Pro for right. the first year of a team. It's unheard of. Well, they didn't. They weren't forced to get um, a lot of the uh, non-held players. Uh, and I don't want to say this uh, uh, being rude. They they didn't. They didn't have to get the rest of the league scraps that they were going to let go. So they had time to assemble this team, and and time they took advantage of because. It has came to fruition because these kids yeah. are hammers. Positively, and they're tremendously well-assembled. And there is one person, one person who put this team together. Later, when Bradley Carnell was hired as the head coach, he had input as well. But Luch Fanningsteel, at the very outset, got all these players from literally around the world, majority of whom he was comfortable with because he knew of them. Player, but Edward Leuven, who he brought over as a designated player, and Klaus, who is a designated player. Designated player concept for our listeners being it's that. David yeah. Beckham started the concept. By the way, when the history of Major League Soccer is written, there should be a chapter do- devoted to David Beckham. Yeah. I always think he's going to be a number seven, not a number 23. They wore for the Galaxy. He's seven <laughs> for England. Yeah. He's England's captain. Designated player's salary is, has nothing to do with the salary cap. It's between the player, the agent, and the owner. So whatever it turns out to be, you can have so many of those on your particular team. And those two particular players, Klaus and Eberl Leuven, and the goalkeeper Roman Berkey, right down the center of the field, right down the spine, those are the three players, I think, along with along right. with some tremendous performances by everybody else who's been inserted into the first 11. I think those three players are carrying the team right now. Let me let me follow up on the whole Lutz um uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want to tie this into the grander story that we've been telling this whole time. Uh, you know, our our love affair with our hometown mm-hmm. and the pedigree that we've had here. And, you know, we, we waited forever for the team. We got the team. We had the right ownership group, you know, the perfect ownership group at the end of the day to make this work. Incomes and we call him LP because generally speaking, we screw up the pronunciation of his name. So <laughs> in comes LP and starts to assemble this team that we've seen five games in mm-hmm. and puts his stamp on the even the academy process and the whole mindset. And to be clear, it is not a St. Louis ideology. It is not born out of what we have have all lived with. What's your thoughts on, you know, the acceptance rate of what Lutz has done up to this point and and kind of what he's doing to the image of soccer right here in the backyard uh, with the style of play and everything he's doing with the team compared to what we've been used to for a hundred plus years? Well, and I think, JB, as a direct follow-up to that question, St. Louisans have to be mature enough to accept the fact that, yes, some people, other than people who grew up in St. Louis, do know something about soccer. I don't Han, know about that. Han Fact st- check. Holy <laughs> shit. Hans Strandl with the Zenhofer Furriers. George Mihalovic with White Star, which is a largely, largely unrecognized part of the history of St. Louis soccer, the White Star Soccer Club. Mm-hmm. But Lutz comes in with his own no- notion, his own ideas as to how he wants it to happen. He wants... He's going to pl- pick players from the academy, and we're going to bring some of them up to be on the full MLS side. 
and that has indeed happened. Yeah. A number one, case in point, Kyle Hebert, who's a starting center back and who has been fabulous playing alongside of Tim Parker. God, did he hit a home run with that son of a gun? Oh, positive. I mean, how clean has he been? And and Parker is no nonsense at center back, so is Kyle. Now, Kyle, he'll give you the ball out of the back. You win a 40, 50-yarder on the ground at your feet in a center circle. Kyle Kyle Hebert's going to distribute that to you. But Leuven, and he can recover so well. Very quick. And Leuven, neither one of them will fi- hide in a physical game either. No, no. And your first, your last defender, but your first offensive player is Roman Berkey. One of the goals scored in their last game was Roman Berkey coming to the tip of his own penalty area, yeah. rolling the ball on the ground to Leuven, who sends a long diagonal ball to the left wing corner flag. Klaus runs onto it, wins a corner kick. Uh, Giacchini scores on the, on the ensuing play. That starts with Berkey's awareness to get the ball back. We wanted up into the other team's penalty area with two, three, four, five passes max. Let's get on with it. So, so, so let me let me let me kind of add a part two to my question, because 100% agree. We all know that you know we bring in uh, uh, outside talent into our backyard. There's a ton of people that know the game and are very very good at it. Do you think that, um, and this is maybe a little bit more of like a historical reference question here, do you think that it's it, it, it's accelerating in its success uh, thanks to this foundation, this this uh, community, this uh, this uh, uh, pedigree and, and and all that? Do you think that because of St. Louis and everything that we've done in in, in this and our community uh, uh, mojo? Is is kind of a, a secret sauce to his success as well? Yes, it, it positively has something to do with it. We are all, every one of us, I said this a moment ago, players, fans, spectators, announcers, coaches, whatever, we are all standing on the shoulders of thousands of other players who made their name internationally and nationally, but starting to play in the city of St. Louis. And... If there's going to be professional soccer in the United States, St. Louis has to be a part of it. But yes, when your MLS team is successful, I think that breeds success for every type of level that you're playing for, playing with. Academy, this. select, so, whatever. Jared wore a suit coat for the first game at the new stadium. <laughs> and I'm not making fun. I'm, I'm, this is a very serious question. He had tears in his eyes when I saw him. Because uh-huh. he felt that. He felt like he was walking in astride the shoulders of so many coaches that he had, so many players if, that he played with. If you think otherwise, you're naive. I, agreed. So I want to know about your personal side of this. The community obviously has, a, has had a major impact on your life. Mm-hmm. You've, you've experienced highs and lows within St. Louis. From a community standpoint, we're the Soccer Dad Podcast. Mm-mm. The capital T, capital H, capital E. Trademark. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about the human element right. of this game as it relates to the community of St. Louis? Any stories, I mean, gosh, Bill, I mean, the stories you've only told are, are, are so far. Well, it all starts, uh, I think I mentioned it just briefly in passing a moment ago, that it all started with CYC. Yeah. Now, CYC soccer right now, is it of real consequence? Probably not, but it is still an outlet for players in CYC, boys and girls, to play. Now, like everything else that has changed in our society, we've gone from CYC, Select, Academy, 
MLS Next, USL, USL1, USL Championship, eventually MLS, and then eventually you're trying to you're, you're trying to build players to represent your country in World Cup. You're trying to be a better soccer playing nation. Uh, but I think in St. Louis for sports, the two pillars of longevity for sports in our community have been and have always been baseball and soccer. Yeah. And soccer, because it was so simple, played by very, there's really not enough time left to go into the whole scenario, but immigrants, players coming yeah. from different parts of the United States, mostly the East, to play for Zenhofer Furriers, Skull and Steel, Sticks Baron Fuller, and then the players somewhat working for those particular companies and then playing on the weekends for those companies. So the sport was born and raised here. So it's inevitable. It's inevitable, I think, that by having an MLS team, it's more awareness for the sport. You see much more awareness now, as it should be on television, radio, daily newspapers. Tom Timmerman's doing a fabulous job of covering St. Louis City. But I think it's only obvious. This is not an expansion team. It's a homecoming. Oh, I Absolutely. That. Oh, That's well we said. Go. That's well said. Hey, um, you, should, you know what you should time. do, Bill? You should, no, you should no, think about being a, an announcer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're pretty good on a mic. Well, you know, you have a future in this. I, I, as I mentioned to you a moment ago, I am the most fortunate person that grew up playing soccer in St. Louis because I grew up playing let soccer me, in St. Louis. That's why this opportunity was afforded to me. Let me take this to a personal side. Um, you know, you've talked about, we've all talked about our own feelings about this experience. I know that you're out at Soccer Park a lot because you now have... You know, your grandkids are in the mix. Mm -hmm. How fun is it, you know, knowing and living the life that you've lived around this game? And now you see them, you know, putting on the kit, putting on the shoes, going out. And, you know, they're entering into a realm, a world in which the upside potential is unlimited when it comes to the game. How exciting is it for you, just from a, from a grandpa standpoint, you know, watching this baton continually be tossed down. Tremendously so. My wife, Connie, is sitting adjacent, and she will tell you that we go watch our grandchildren uh, play every sport, but soccer in particular, because <laughs> my car knows how to get to the soccer park instantaneously. <laughs> is, is it, is it kind of like, yeah, what was a TV show? Uh, Kit, home. And, it, and your Trans Am drives you straight to Instantaneously. The soccer but it's, it's so gratifying. Everybody in the world, everybody in St. Louis said, well, McDermott's going to force his grandkids to play soccer. <laughs> I wanted to be just to the contrary. So I said to any of them who wanted to play sports, and in particular soccer, I said, please, I'd like you to try this. Please try it. If you don't like it, I certainly understand. But you've seen all the people I met and what I've been able to do, where I've been able to go, the friends I made, so on and so forth. You owe soccer. Just give it a go. You owe your life to soccer. Positively. You know, it's how I, I paid my way through college and it afforded me so many things after college. Okay. Yes. By, by vocation, I'm a graphic designer who designs logos. By avocation, I'm a soccer announcer. Where do you think I've had the most fun? I think everybody knows the answer to that. <laughs> I have to go off. I'm going to guess on the bit. golf course. Uh, <laughs> a mutual friend of mine, a yes, mutual sir? friend of ours, mm -hmm. told me that you love Rodney Dangerfield. 
He's one of your favorite comedians. Uh, my wife said she's one of the love. I said, okay, honey, you make the first move. She she went to, she went to Florida. You know what my and, mom used to tell and me? And your wife is literally over there like, oh, my God. I asked my, my, I asked my wife what she expected out of our relationship. She said a way out. You know, my, my mom used to tell me I was so ugly when you played in the sandbox, the cat kept trying to cover you up. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was so ugly when I was born, the doctor slapped me. The nurse has got a couple shots in, too. <laughs> well, my wife wanted to liven up our sex sex life. She wanted to get a waterbed. I call it the Dead Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Well, I really don't know how to ask, ask a question. I don't know that. how we. Yeah, I, I do. You know, we wandered far, far <laughs> afield. Shame Love on it. me if I don't bring this up because I do want to take a second here and actually, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, this weekend on Saturday. You have been invited uh, to. MC, uh, a game that will be played at Soccer Park mm-hmm. between your beloved SLU University Billikens and those other guys from Indiana, Indiana University uh, in honor of uh, the Living Legacy Foundation. For Scott Gallagher, right. So talk about uh, how that came to fruition. Uh, you know m- probably all of the names that are part part of the Living Legacy Foundation. Give us give us the Bill McDermott uh, excerpt of Living Legacy in this weekend and what you're going to be doing. The Living Legacy uh, is directly associated with Scott Gallagher, Kip Thompson, Jim Cavanaugh, Kenny Godet. Everybody's done a fabulous job with this. Uh, if Scott Gallagher wants me to do anything for soccer at the St. Louis Soccer Park or wherever, I'll do it. If JB Marine wants me to do something for soccer, I'll do it. If Lou Fuse wants me to do something for soccer, I'll do it. But this is uh, this is a real homecoming for me, if you will, to be able to go to the soccer park as often as possible. But now, have a chance to talk with uh, Jim Mayer is doing an event. He wants me to talk with yeah. Todd Yagley and Kevin Kalish. Just a you know 10, 15 minute primer before the teams go out in the field. Uh, where's college soccer now? Uh, is it still a pathway? for the American player, to which I resoundingly say yes. Absolutely. The academies, the select, MLS Next Pro, that is not for everyone. We're not in Europe. We're not in South America. That's not going to be the pathway for everybody. Right. Some people, it certainly is. It's fabulous. That's available to us. But college soccer is always going to be there. Uh, and to watch Indiana play St. Louis shoot and see Kevin's team against Todd's team and to see some of the players from St. Louis who went to Indiana, some have come come back now to play for St. Louis U, and to see a Todd, uh, the name Yegley in American soccer and in your collegiate soccer is soccer royalty. Jerry Yegley started with a club program in Indiana. We played them when I was a junior in 1968 up at Indiana University. Little did we know at that particular time that now in 2023 that have eight NCAA championships, having most recently played in the final last year, just losing a penalty kick. Yeah, unlucky. Totally unlucky. Here's another case in point, JB. Rutgers. Rutgers won the NCAA championship. I beg your pardon? No. Yeah. Marshall, two, three years prior to that, playing in the Marshall Marshall was the one that I was like, what? What? Yeah. The thundering herd? Yeah, I am, I'm waiting for now, uh, you, We Are Marshall, the movie Bill, to come you, out. You mentioned a, a, a short, se- short segment with, with Kalish and Yegley. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be like a mediation 
after the, <laughs> the, no, the I game think, this fall. No, they're 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 good friends. <laughs> they're good. Okay, good. Yeah. Has has Kevin lost some players to Indiana? Yes. Has Todd yes. lost some players to St. Louis? Yes. But, 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 but technically, <laughs> isn't Indiana really the Trojan horse? Because this is our back. It's the three one four, and they're coming in, and we know it. Well, because Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and, and Todd have a wonderful relationship, no, I, I would, and, I would, and a lot of players and a lot of people from both their programs have been associated with yeah. St. Louis Scott Gallagher. You think Danny Donegan would have liked to have Pat Noonan? What do you think? <laughs> By the way, well, who will be in town, uh, what, two, three weeks when Cincinnati's here? right. Yeah. So what I, I want to go back to real quickly, though, um, Living Legacy Foundation. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know the cause. Um, yes. You know, how does, how does it make you feel to be part of an event um, where you, you, you're simply helping more kids play the game? Um, you know, talk about the foundation itself and the value that brings to the soccer community for the youth. It's learning via the sport of soccer. It's creating friendships and commitment to a bigger cause through and via the sport of soccer, to which I say more power to the sport of soccer. But most importantly, most importantly, I think with reference to the Legacy Foundation for St. Louis Scott Gallagher, it's recognizing people who played far, whose families were literally torn apart. I know, I know directly how families feel. Uh, we lost a daughter when she was 24 years old. I know how that feels to families. You never recover from that. But soccer in some way is helping you to do just that. And we're, we are recovering and remembering these people. A grief counselor told us that death is the end of a life, not a relationship. So St. Louis Scott Gallagher and their Legacy Foundation is catering to those families who are involved with the program, by honoring them and keeping their names eternal. Let's Bill, go. I, I, well, I, I have to let's say this. Go. I, this has been such a special experience for me to hear your voice talking and telling these stories of, of decades of some of the most pivotal moments in this sport and yet you bring it back to, again, the personal notion of the community yep. and how this game has not only transformed your life, but has, has been so impactful for so many people. And that's what I think, the fact that we've been doing it, this is our 37th episode. Yeah, about 35 more than I thought we'd get Absolutely. In. <laughs> and the main reason is because of people like you who keep telling their story. And people that are still listening. And I just wanted to thank you oh, very, very yeah, seriously. I, I, for, as for I said on. just a moment ago, Golly, that's well if, said. if it's for soccer, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. It was a real treat for me. Thank I, you. I got, this, I got this one out here for you. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> All right, people. Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. This Kenny, is... The same thing as when you're here, William Tell's Overture. <laughs> yeah. the, the definition of an intellectual is, can you listen to the William Tell Overture and not think of the Lone Ranger? No. no. Can you not think of Caddyshack? <laughs> what does he right. say to the guy in the, in the bar? Oh, I like your hat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, looks good on you, though. <laughs> hey, Ringo, take some lessons. Bill McDermott. I'm sorry, Jamie. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't don't ever apologize to me. I, I deserve everything that I get at this point in my life. So, look, you've been a rock star. We, hey, you know, Yeah, there you go. 
Let's. Uh, they park I, my car, lose some weight, and get a haircut. <laughs> here's what we need to do. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to bring you back. We're going to bring Anytime. you back. You know, let's, let's get through some more this season. Uh, let's sniff where we're at, maybe another 10, 15 games down the road. Anytime. Love to have a recap. Um, thank you for your time. You know My what, pleasure. St. Louis? I'm going to speak on behalf of St. Louis soccer history. It thanks you for everything that you've done. Absolutely. Uh, we've been extremely honored to have you here. These stories are uh, just, you know, enlightening. and It just makes people feel good. Well, so, and, and one more thing, too. St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame induction ceremony is tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And you are a member. I'm a member, and I'm going to uh, MC that And you're MCing night. tomorrow night in addition to your duties on Saturday. Oh, so. yes. I tell you what, do us a favor, because uh, we bought a full-page ad. We did, yeah. <laughs> so oh, make sure you point out to everybody. Like, By the way, speaking <laughs> of a soccer weekend, uh, the Hall of Fame tomorrow night. MLS Saturday night, yes, Indiana St. Louis shoes Saturday afternoon, and then City Two yes. on, Sunday. on Sunday afternoon. That's right. Well, it's not. And so- the fifteens and seventeens are at the MLS GA Cup precisely week. Yeah, and your squad's playing Arsenal. You mentioned to on me. Monday on Monday. Very nice. It, it's nonstop. You know what? Actually, all this is just indicative of everything that we've been saying. It won't stop. The baton has just constant. It's never been dropped. It's just been kind of fumbled a little bit in certain periods. But right now, it's definitively been passed to a much better generation. And it's thanks to people like yourself. Agreed. So, well, um, I'm, I'm the recipient of being able to watch. <laughs> play at Heine Miney against St. Ambrose and White Star play against the Chicago Swabins and then watch St. Louis University play Michigan State. I'm the recipient. Well, I tell you what, Bill, I will see you around the, the soccer park, I'm sure, chasing around the little ones. Yes. Uh, looking forward to it. Good luck tomorrow night at the Hall of Fame. Thanks, uh, Jimmy. And uh, good luck Thank Saturday at Living Thank Legacy. You. Thanks, guys. You guys be good. Give us a follow. Spotify, Apple, all those usual suspects. Um, That's it for today. We'll see you. Here's a little Kenny Loggins.